What's up, Houdat Nation, and welcome to the Dome Patrol United Saints Podcast. What's up, Houdat Nation? Thanks for joining us on the Dome Patrol Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff. And before we begin this episode, I'm going to remind everybody to tune in to our Facebook live stream draft night party i don't know if you all have ever heard of facebook but it's a new social media platform uh we have we have a bunch of followers on so we're gonna go live there uh this is an annual dome patrol podcast as is of course the tradition and we're gonna be live for the entire first round of the nfl draft uh we're gonna invite some fans on the show we're gonna comment been on the show before you're gonna like it i know we were lining up a couple of extra special guests if we can get them uh jump on for a couple of hours during the show as well but on this episode that you're listening to we're going to talk about the saints off-season moves specifically jamal williams lonnie johnson and jonathan abram and then we're going to check in on cd deuce and what crazy antics he's up to lately so put your seatbelts on, keep your hands and legs inside your earbuds at all times, and enjoy the show. On this week's or this episode, we have James and Wesley. Welcome to the show, fellas. How you doing? Slightly more drunk than the last time you asked me. <laughs> what? These are independent recordings. What are you talking about? <laughs> Wesley, doing, doing great. Excited about the off season so far. It's, uh, excited to talk about um, some safeties that may or may not ever play. <laughs> Right. All right. So um, let's start with Jamal Williams, the the, the highlight, right? Hell yeah. Uh, dude, this is one that I'm I'd like you all to maybe you, the two of you to respond, because I've been a little more tempered in my expectations because I'm looking at everything that happened before last year. And then last year and I yeah, maybe this is the cynical side of me, but I'm a little cynical of the fact that maybe it was last year the anomaly versus the next step in a progression of a good career and i want you guys to make me feel better about this yeah i feel feel good about being able to do that so um he has basically averaged the same yards per carry on the same types of plays against the same kind of eight and nine man boxes for his entire career last year is the year that he got more carries um which is average would go down if you law of averages, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're saying more curious. But, and honestly, he had 17 touchdowns. Well, when you get to the end zone, the yards stop counting. So he, he would have averaged more, actually, probably if they if he hadn't ran into the end zone so many damn times. <laughs> ah, all right. That's um, what you did there. Or so many the times it backs up a little bit. A pain in the and, ass. And then let's be honest about the, the year that he had was he was actually the second fiddle to DeAndre Swift, who's who's a young, good young running back that has some injury issues. And it might be perfect kind of mixing in. Hopefully Kamara's not injured, but I believe he's going to miss a few games this year. Allegedly, um, allegedly, that's ignorant. Jamal Williams may be basically in the same kind of position last year for the same kind of amount of a carries and the same kind of amount of starts and all. Um, and there's no reason to believe that he... He can't repeat this. It's what he's done his entire career. He's averaged right around four yards a carry. He does great stuff against eight and nine man boxes. He still gets 3.9 yards a carry. Kamara is averaging like three yards a carry against eight and nine man boxes. And we've we've all experienced that the last couple of years. It hasn't worked out well. 
No. Uh, credit to him, like his 17 touchdowns, rushing touchdowns last year was a Lions single season record. That breaks Barry Sanders' the, record the, of 16. It's a big number. Yeah, yeah, that's not to be dismissed at all. Breaking yeah, I mean, a Barry Sanders record. Right. That's impressive. And so the Lions clearly did something and saw something with him. But then, do you think there's anything to the Dan Campbell relationship with the Saints that helped this happen? Because former Saint coach over in Detroit feels like we have maybe like one of those like Sean Payton and, uh, Bill Belichick type relationships, maybe between the Saints coach and staff, Saints organization, and Dan Campbell and the Lions organization. No, I don't think so because he's come out and said that the offer that the Lions gave him, he felt disrespected. That wouldn't have been Dan Campbell's call, though. To be fair, true, true. Have had, Dan Campbell wouldn't have had anything to do with what the offer was. True um, at all. Right. So here, here's what I'll say: is I don't know, but here's what we we do know, and so we talked about. In a, in a previous episode about maybe the culture that the saints are building that we don't as fans realize is, is happening because we have saints players taking pay cuts to stay mm-hmm. here and swallowing pride and big egos to stay here and be part of this. Jamal Williams, regardless of feeling disrespected, he was offered more money by two other teams to play for them. And he came to New Orleans. New Orleans. This is where he wanted to be. And I don't know who he's talked to and what he knows about the, you know, what organization is doing and the culture, but I'm telling you what, that dude is going to be fun. Him and Colin Saunders are both had great press conferences. Yeah. Jamal Williams is, I, I'd listen to that guy. I want them both on mic'd up, man. I want to write. Uh, yeah. A hundred percent. Like he, he kind of like, it's a mixture of, he kind of, kind of comes is kind of a big kid. He's having fun. But he also, if you've seen the speech that he gave on Hard Knocks last year yeah. about inspiring the team, like the dude's like at the same time angrily yelling at players for not giving enough effort while also crying because trying his best means so much to him and his personal pride in how he holds himself accountable. I mean, screaming, seriously, he's at passionate. 30 people while yelling at them angrily and also crying because he's so passionate about, you know, what he wants to do, man, that guy's going to fit in with, with a few people that we have he's here and a few favorite. leaders that we have here that are like that. He's going to be a fan favorite. He's going to be a locker room favorite. And everybody always is one thing that was even being said at the start of this off season is that, you know, the saints need a running back. So, but you know what? We should have Mark Ingram stay and maybe not to play, but just because of the locker room presence and how he keeps it light and he Screw that. I don't want Mark Ingram as part of my team. This guy is going to be that on steroids. We've Not upgraded literally. the locker room presence and the on-field presence. Man. Right. Look, I'll do it. Like, I know, Wesley, you're not as big a Mark Ingram fan as maybe the rest of us, but like, that's an understatement. <laughs> I like Mark. I think Mark, Mark deserves our respect. He's a good guy. He's been a good teammate. He's been a good New Orleanian. All that to him. But yeah, like it is time to move on. And Jamal Williams is a great way to move on from that. Uh, he's also former teammate in college of Taysom Hill at BYU. So, I mean, this is going to be perfect for him because the last time he played with Taysom, Taysom also couldn't play quarterback. So, <laughs> I mean, it's just like old hat, just the two of them in the backfield, both running backs. 
Um, That's it, right? I, I'm pretty sure Taysom completed like 32% of his passes at BYU. So, um, no. Uh, it, that, thing, that, is, that, is, that, is, that is a cool kind of funny connection, the, the, way, the way that comes. That it's just together. neat, right? I mean, it wasn't since 2016 was the last time they played together. Not like it's relevant anymore. But uh, uh, the other thing is uh, he carried the ball 585, or really more times than that. But it was like in 2021, his 585th time of his career broke an NFL record for the most carries without fumbling the ball, which is something that I, I care a lot about as a saints fan is, is turnovers <laughs> and not turning the ball over to the uh, defense. So, or, so I think it's nice to bring in a guy that can clearly take care of the football. So I'm just naturally saints fan having PTSD of Darren Sproles doesn't ever fumble. Don't worry. He's just had the greatest season, the most scrimmage yards from scrimmage ever without fumbling. And then in the playoffs, he fumbled. He fumbled. <laughs> <laughs> but, well. but yeah, hopefully Jamal Williams doesn't do that. <laughs> Sorry, this is the one. He's he's much taller than Darren Sproles. Not yeah, going to be a problem. It is. There you go. So, right? so, so I think the Jamal Williams signing, maybe aside from Derek Carr, is the one that's got the Saints fans most excited this yeah. season. Yeah. And and also want to be clear, this is not going to stop the Saints from drafting a running back with one of their top it four picks. And it shouldn't. It's it's a hundred percent not. That's. And and I think the Saints are smart enough to to say there's this is not stopping us from getting our running back of the future, and honestly, a running back that may actually have more touches than Jamal Williams this year. I and all of that is great. I think it makes the less touches that Kamara and J- Jamal Williams have, the more impactful each of those touches are probably going to be. Do you um, think so- Jamal Williams has it in him to be the one running back on a team, or you think he's just no. good for a committee? No, I don't think he does. And it's just so what you look at is for those those the, the running back. Why you've got to draft somebody be your big, huge, like number one running back. They either need to be a super power back that runs everybody over. Well, he's not a 100 percent of that. He's 85 percent of that. Well, or you need the guy to be super elusive and fast and get around the edge. Well, he's not that he's again, he's 85 percent of that. He he can have a burst. Oh, well, you need a guy that can cut back and hit, hit the step back. He, he does everything at like at a seven and a half he's not a 10 in any of those things um he can catch the ball so i like this he's perfect for this role and this is a role honestly that the saints use but we use it with Dwayne washington who just didn't wasn't equipped to be somebody who touched the ball seven or eight or maybe nine or ten times a game and made an impact on he's like well it's just a guy to give the ball to so somebody else can rest now we have somebody that it's not just about giving kamara this is a guy that can actually do something it's kind of like, yeah, right. We've always tried to give this role to like an undrafted free agent. Yep. I like that. And then the other piece is I think he's gonna be a fan favorite because of his press conference, his interviews. I mean, this guy is a fucking nerd. And it's 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 weird and it's fun and it's crazy to see a football player get on an interview and talk about Pokemon and anime and well, video no, no. games war, and cosplay. Pokemon hat. Hold yeah, on. like yeah, like, like, no, the Pokemon hat Pokemon. was on the table at the signing for the photo shoot. I mean, he did the interview with the hat on. I mean, yeah, like this guy is total this all is, in. The, but is, you know what that says to me, Wesley? That is passion. Going back to he's a he's a fan. He's a passionate fan of the things that he does. He's a, that means he's going to be that much passionate about his, his play on the field. And the funny part is, this guy's six foot tall, weighs two hundred and twenty four pounds. He is a solid like brick man. Who's got tattoos all over him? Oh, so he likes Minecraft. 
and is also wearing like Pokemon hats and just yes. like, and and is honestly just silly like talking about I need somebody to peel my crawfish for me because I don't like things that still have the head on them because they're looking at me and I feel yes. bad about it. But, but if somebody takes the head off, I feel fine. I'll eat it. Yes. You know, like, just, I mean, <laughs> Dude, he's gonna be the most love. He is going to be absolutely the favorite player of the Who Nation in 2023. Period. Yeah, yep. he is. Yeah, he's gonna be the. It's heart almost and soul. a perfect fit. Yeah, I'd, I'd I'd watch a show where him and Colin Saunders just go around and do whatever they're gonna just do. Be silly then, together. Yeah, yeah. just it'd be awesome. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Lonnie Johnson and Jonathan Abram. <laughs> Maybe they don't each deserve their own segment. No, so I think it's good to pair them together for what they're going to be asked to do. Here. Yeah. Uh, so uh, now Lonnie, just a one-year deal. It's fine. Coming in from Houston, uh, where he was a second-round pick. And well, actually, not from Houston. No, he, but he was drafted by Houston, second round pick, kind of bounced around. And then Abram himself, too, also like drafted first round by the Raiders, really riddled with injury kind of throughout his season. And so, like, is is the risk on Abram that? So, I guess, yeah, more like what impact do you think these guys are going to really have in reality? And why are people suggesting that PJ is out because of this? Because we've signed quite a few players that play in his so position. What? So what? Why can't PJ win the job in the training camp? Well, PJ's not under contract with the Saints. So, oh. so, 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 well, that I mean, P, that's P, just the technicality, Wesley. P, PJ is a free agent, and here's here's what I'll say: is I'll think that if PJ wants to be part of the Saints and part Imagine of the, our bets. the the in training camp and fighting for a spot on the team, I have a hundred percent confidence the Saints will bring him back. PJ's a guy that you follow him if you see him on social media. He likes to have fun. He's on boats. He's have he's chilling he likes to have a great time i mean he's living his best life um so so i mean who, who knows what he wants wants to do anymore we, we've but re-signed both, him as late as june before yeah and both of these guys though and I, we should group them together so so let's be honest both of them are upgrades over daniel Sorensen, who like exceeded whoa, whoa. expectations with Hold his on now. turnovers last year <laughs> um and i i think that Lonnie Johnson is real interesting as like a Saints player because he can play anywhere in your def- your defensive backfield. Yeah, um, he has played the slot. He's played a bound as a boundary corner, and he's played both safety positions. Um, now I'm not going to tell you he's been elite at any of them, and especially in the slot, he's really struggled. I don't expect him to play in the slot here. I think Roby or um, Adebo or Taylor is going to be in in the slot, um, and, and not him. So I'm I'm not too really too worried about that. But he can move around, and it, the defense, we know that our team likes to disguise defensive players and move them around and, and, and have them uh, confuse the offense. And Jonathan Abrams was, yes, he was injured, but he was also misused in um, Las Vegas a lot. Las Vegas used him way too much as a deep safety, and that is not his job. That dude is a small linebacker, and the Saints have done really, really good about using the right players that get that safety hybrid linebacker kind of job. Jonathan Abrams might be a, as good as anybody at doing that kind of job. Yeah. Um, and in some of those big dime packages, he's going to come in and basically play a linebacker position uh, as, as a more athletic linebacker. So all of his highlights that you see on YouTube are him making tackles close to the line of scrimmage or blitzing the quarterback. None of his highlights are in coverage. I mean, you play that guy on the side with Lattimore where Lattimore does not need backup from his safety. Lattimore is yeah. going to take care of that. Well, you got a safety that can come crash down. And so I, I, 
I think well, that it's, to have it's, a shutdown corner that you could allow your safety to do that, right? Yeah, for sure. So they're they're both guys that can come in and play multiple different positions and kind of be put in positions that can confuse the offense, um, which we know that Dennis Allen likes to do. Both of these guys, I think, together are upgrades over last year over Sorensen and Evans. Now, yes, I'm not saying these guys should be starting, and we have two very talented starting safeties. But if these are going to be the guys that rotate in on certain packages where we know we are putting them in, right. in a position to win, perfect. That's what these guys are for. Right. These guys Abram's have proven in their career. The day. Yeah, these guys have been have already proven their career. They are not starters that need to be left out there and play three downs. Do y'all know if his? Uh, We're not going to do that with either one of them. Jeno Abrams' 2021 shoulder surgery was that the same shoulder that his rotator cuff was two years earlier? I mean, I mean, I wouldn't expect anybody to know that, but that is something I'm curious about. At that point, like the shoulder becomes a real liability. He hits people very, very hard. Yeah, he knocks his own them. shoulder out of position when he does. He should maybe lead with the other shoulder, I guess is where I'm going with it. But <laughs> uh, he's the crown of his helmet. He'll be fine. Right. I mean, he's going to get a penalty for cat tackling anyway as a Saints player. So right. he might as well just use the helmet. Yeah. No, no um, they're all going to Denver now. Don't I just I that. just feel like, I mean, so there's as Saints fans, we have this like PTSD of the Jason David years. We have PTSD of all those years where before Lattimore showed up and just like, and and just constantly being injury riddled in the secondary. And I look at it like we're loading up on secondary players as we do. And as we should every off season, and we really should keep a lot of depth on the team because of the fact that for some fucking reason, our team seems to always like we never when is the last time the Saints have played a full season or even half a season <laughs> with their starting corners and safeties? So. It doesn't happen. So, yeah, like and so like I don't think a lot of Saints fans are looking at this like, OK, so the Abram and Lonnie Johnson, they're looking at it like there might be a time where these guys are our starters. And I, mean, I do, again, I think that's a legitimate, Sorensen and they are, they are, but then think about it. Like Sorensen never was a starter last year. He was a package player. So at, if at we, the, at the end of the season, he ended if, up having to play a lot because of injuries late. In yeah. Late games. Okay. Then point proven. So I think the fear about these players, the risk on these players is if they are your starters, we're in a lot of trouble, but if they're coming in as part of a package, it's fantastic. Yeah. We're, we didn't sign them to one year. One million dollar deals, essentially, for both of them to to come in right. here. And, you know. and I think that's what people need to keep in mind because, again, like, this goes back to we're trying to help. We're trying to help you. Whether if you're the listener and you're one of those Saints fans who gets scared of everything because you're like, "Well, why would we sign Jonathan Abram? He's not as good as Marcus May." We're trying to help you, <laughs> therapy wise. Like, put it into context. Not every person that we sign is signed. That's like this is our next Pro Bowl starter. Well, and it's, it's or, not like it was... a logical, rational thinker. And we're, we're, we're you know, here's your talking points to go and educate your friends who are Saints fans who need who need that because well, it's not like it's 12 years ago that Jonathan Abrams was a first round like lauded. Well, pick. Like, I, he, I, he there is some talent there, and if you put him in the right position, like he can play football. Also, here's the I know Wesley, neither like, one of I look at it, yeah, he was a first round pick, but the fact that he's had two like he had one like his right. fucking rotator cuff that bothers you for the rest of your life. But neither one of these shoulder. signings stops us from drafting a safety in the fifth round that's a super big athletic RAS score guy that in 
the in training camp knocks one of these guys out and this one of these guys cut neither one of these contracts or their names or any of that stops the saints from cutting right. them if Fair. they don't you know, th these guys are still going right. to fight to make the team neither exactly. one of these guys was told like yep this is this is definitely your job and that's what fans needed need to hear and now speaking of secondary players uh cd deuce former saint now former philadelphia eagle goes to detroit and i mean it this is i, I swear to you like cd deuce is as entertaining as junior galette this guy can't help himself what's the comment he made like he he said that detroit is full of better players than philadelphia he says this, yeah. the, 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 the Lions roster. team is and the roster is better than the Eagles roster last year. I love it. I love he it. Also, I love the chaos. Also, it's not like he's been arrested. He hasn't done anything crazy, but he's had a few problems with comments he's made and his attitude and he, his mouth. Uh, he got punched in the face in games. Everybody twice. wants to be mad about what we got for the trade. And once he was field, cut practice. by the New Orleans Saints. Yep. We just, we, he was cut by the New Orleans Saints. We just happened to get a fifth and a sixth round draft pick back. But he was cut when, from a yeah. team because of his crappy attitude a player that did that then went and demanded to be what we're understanding one of the highest paid safeties in football no team in the league is willing to give him that because he doesn't deserve it and then he was a free agent for a two and a half weeks yeah. and came out and said that he was blackballed by the nfl right like he has not earned the right to be able to say the word blackballed. i understand and why he was punched by three football players on a football field, whether it be practice or a game that we were witness to. Like, I understand it now. Like the, the guy, like, and I don't know if he, is he one of those guys who like, does he actually believe what he says? Or is he just one of those guys who just can't control his fucking mouth? No, I, th I think, I think he has some super narcissistic, you know, psychopath type of thing where he, He's a sociopath. He believes that he believes that he's a victim in this. He believes that uh, everybody's out to get him. He believves that there's this plan and that nothing's his fault. I mean, I've dealt with people allegedly, like this. It's terrible. Allegedly, that's ignorant. It 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 sure looks like for legal and, purposes. We had to again, play that. and this is a guy who's got his agent was tweeting out crazy things about why would somebody take a contract for three years in this amount when you could get a contract like. That's his agent who's nobody's going to sign them to be their agent now. I don't know, man. Fitted, At least Antonio it, Brown was the best receiver on the planet for a couple years before he got the ego and went crazy. Yeah. Like we, Where, like what this, has CJ GJ done to deserve to have this ego? This whole situation and him being traded by the Saints in the offseason last year is, I think, is the start of when the Saints Twitter fans started to turn on. Dennis Allen and Mickey Loomis. It was that. It was that trade. Well, the that fans really... are going to be on the wrong side of history. Then, well, well, and this is and this is where I'm Saints going. Twitter will. So, so everybody, everybody was like, you know, oh well, you know, if he's going to do that, just keep him and trade him in the off season. Actually, with the comp pick that the Eagles are going to get for him, we actually got a better deal for him by doing what we did than keeping him and then trading him at the end or getting yes, sir. You know, losing him at the end of the season. People said keep him on the roster for the year because he might help you win. And then when he gets the big the big contract that he's going to earn, we'll get a third round comp. We'll, pick. we'll get a third round pick for him. No, you're not because he's a knucklehead. And you know what? Right now, Aaron Glenn did him a favor. One yes. person in the NFL did him a favor by throwing this one year eight million dollar deal at him that we found it's not even actually. Eight million guaranteed. Yeah, I mean, that's that's great of Aaron Glenn. It might work out. Detroit's the kind of team that should take a risk on something like this. 
but they're taking a risk on a one-year low deal that I mean, yeah. if, if he just is a jerk, they can yeah. cut him. In hindsight, the Saints made the right decision. Oh, last off, last off season. Because listen, had we have kept him, would our record have been any different? Uh, nope. Thank I mean, he, he wasn't coming here and getting the six interceptions in this defense in the way that, that nope. it was playing. No, no, and it, it, we it still is, won seven the Saints games. Were, last year. We, we, it almost feels like also like because it was early in his career, we got the best. That CD Deuce is going to provide, and now every team now that deals with he's and I guarantee you this is a, this is a player who's going to bounce from team to team until he's no longer welcome in the NFL, and he will be blackballed. And we said it all along on this episode from, from even the day he got punched the first time ever as a saint, and we said this is a player that you love it when he's on your team because it, his bullshit works in your favor but the minute he's not with you he's against you and he's a fucking asshole and he is going to burn he burned the bridge in new orleans he's burned the bridge in philly when he leaves detroit inevitably he's going to burn that bridge he will burn too many bridges and he's going to end up becoming a joke well and and he's fucking talented man that's what sucks about it he could be one of the all-time greats his talent is there but his fucking attitude and the thing that's so weird, and again, this happens prob- on a lot of players and a lot of different contracts and all, probably, like you said, fans of any organization would be like, man, that guy is energetic. He's fun. Like he, he brings it every play. He tries all that. And so like Saints fans would be like, man, it'd be great if we brought CJG back. So, like people were saying that last week. Like, dude, what if we re-signed would, him? Dude, and then, there was a part of me Here's the who deal. would bring him back. I, I say all this and I would bring him back but, because again, right, he's good if right. he's on your it's, side. 31 general managers don't want him to be part of their team. And the 32nd one, the only one that does want him doesn't want to pay him very much money and doesn't mm-hmm. want him for two years. Cause they see him as a so, liability. There was like a, a line of silence where we know media were saying there's certain things that happen in training camp. You are not allowed to type it, say it on your podcast. Like we know that CJ did we heard about things he did. We know he did way worse things that have not been talked about just because of like a code uh, of silence of things that don't get said. The NFL GMs know like about the stuff that happened. Allegedly, allegedly, that's ignorant. Well, no, I'm just saying, we, we, we do know him limping off a of field, screaming at the coaching staff like this is what you wanted to happen. You want me hurt so you so you don't have to pay me. We know that happened. I'm just saying there's going to be stuff that's way beyond that that we don't know about because that okay. right there is annoying, but it's not enough to get him where teams so, don't so want I to would suggest what, what, what anybody who hasn't listened to Nick Underhill's podcast that came out this week, listen to that. And I haven't heard it yet. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Maybe that's why I'm a little lost here. Okay. Yeah. 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 So I'm foolish enough to actually be like, hey, you know what? I'd bring you back, CD Deuce, if you want to play for my team. Because again, as long as he's with you, it's okay. But we saw all the shit on Twitter last week about, uh, the players who even did it was a player thing, and even CD himself was asked, like, who would was the player that you take the that you, you would, would not, not take, take financial advice financial from? Advice. And CD himself said, probably me. So, <laughs> the, and I don't even think that the and he issue, wasn't joking. He no, wasn't right? Funny. No, the issue. So one, I I am actually genuinely curious. I want to know what the fuck CD do spends his money on, and and like that. But and that's not even the issue that GMs have because nobody gives a shit what players spend their money on. So Wesley, your point about limping off the field and all that, like if that's the thing we know, what are the rumors, if there are any, 
Like, of there's the not even weird and crazy and wild the shit. Code of silence. Okay. Yeah. So so, so we know what we know out. that's come out, but there's so wait, more. Right. Help me put it in the context because everything that I know about that I know as fact, because I've seen it coming out of his mouth, is just evidence of the guy who runs his mouth, which could be whatever. What is the the real risk outside of that? Well, one, the Saints did want to sign him to a multi-year deal last year, and he was quote unquote holding in where he was showing up but not practicing. Okay. Which again, multiple players do that every year, and there's a respectful way to say, "Is a hey, while we're negotiating, my foot hurts." Right. Whenever I'm able to sign a piece of paper, my foot feels better. So just to make sure that everybody stays healthy and everybody's happy and feels respected in this room. I call that the I'm Michael not, Thomas. I'm not going to take the field. Uh, so so I don't think he's he was in trouble for that um, or, or disrespected because of that. It would have to make sense that he probably like asked to make m- more money than what Marcus Williams went and made with the Ravens or something for a position that he had never played in the NFL. Well, And maybe the reason he's asking for extreme amounts of money is because he's in debt. Because he's bad with money, but, and I'm not, but, I'm not excusing but, it, but I'm just, I'm just trying to understand the guy. But I'm just saying, so, so get this. He's a very every curious snap case. He pl- wait, hold on. every snap he played in the NFL was a slot corner. He came to the team in the middle of the season after we had signed Tyron Matthew and Marcus May, and said, "Hey, I want to get moved to safety right now because safeties get paid more money. Also, by the way, because he I needs don't want to finish playing on this rookie deal." I want the safety money now for a position that I've never played in the NFL because and that you already have two people to go play I mean, right. that are better than you. Like, I don't know what, like, because he's, he's clearly, he's, he's got a, a, a he's insane. That's right. he's a it all com- well, it comes, all right. He, he, I, I really, it's, I'm fascinated. I want a Netflix documentary on CD Deuce's brain. Like, you know, we got one on there in Hernandez. It'd be a very short documentary. <laughs> uh, I think that's all we got for this episode. CD Deuce. What a character. I, I love Peace him or hate him. Bye. He is an entertainment, fascinating story to follow. And as long as you're listening to the Dome Patrol podcast, he doesn't have to be a saint. He's a former saint, which means we are going to follow his antics. It's like it's like the crazy, silly adventures of C.D. Deuce and his career, which is headed for. Before we end the show, James, do you have any final thoughts? Uh, yes, I do. So for anybody um, who's listening who follows SLU baseball, um, my, my cousin, uh, Lake in Polk, uh, is a freshman at SLU, uh, a pitcher um, and second plays second base as well, I think, um, has played in a couple of games and currently has an ERA of uh, 0.00, which I believe is quite good. You're, you're going to have to... Um... I'm gonna for those of right. you who I mean, don't zero, speak English, zero zero. Yeah, yeah. it's so, nil point in, in nil English, nil in, in English. So, zero so, point zero, so, zero. So you'll have to tell me because I do not understand how the ERA is calculated. That's quite good, right? Earned run. It average. means he has not given. He has not let the other team score. There you go. A, while he was pitching. So so yes, anybody who watches SLU baseball who listens to this podcast, Lake in Polk, number forty, I think that's my cousin. There you go. Wow, you have cousins in the United States and you still talk like that. Yeah. <laughs> Wesley, you got any final thoughts? Um, no, I'm excited about the draft. We got a month ago. I still think that the Saints um, with $17 million to spend, free agency is definitely not over. You know, last year we signed Jarvis Landry pretty, pretty late in the process. I wouldn't be surprised if the Saints definitely saved some money for after the draft. 
Um, they have uh, the last couple of years done that where we like to sign people that aren't part of the comp pick system. Our rookie class is going to cost about $3.2 million. So we have about $14 about million, $14 million that we can spend here. Odell Beckham? Tell you what, the amount that he's asking for doesn't sound crazy. What would, where would you put him? I mean, oh, is there receiver. room for o- <laughs> What are we talking about? Would you, is there room? For I'm not going to play him at cornerback. Is, I mean, is there room for that many talented receivers on this roster? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's just we're loaded. I just don't know. I mean, you want to sign Traquan? You want Traquan or you want Obel? Obel, Obel you know, he's a good Obel blocker. He's a good blocker. Yeah. For he, Jamal Williams. He, he blocks the ball into the ground when it's thrown to him. I don't team. know what the Pokemon equivalent of a good blocker is, but Jamal Williams would appreciate a good blocker. Okay, well, that's good. That's all the show we have for you right now. We're going to thank our loyal listeners for downloading each week and telling all of your friends about the Dome Patrol Podcast. Follow us on Facebook. Look for Dome Patrol Podcast and tune in to our live stream on draft night. First round, Thursday night, draft pick, entire first round. By the end, when the Saints finally make their pick, if they don't trade up, we're going to be blitzed out of our minds. Fans are going to come on the show. Follow us on April Twitter. At Dome Patrol. Yeah. Follow us. Uh, you think our fans don't know when the NFL draft is? You don't know when the our NFL draft doesn't. is. It's April 27th. You're welcome. It's at Dome Patrol on Twitter. At Dome Patrol UK on Twitter. And if you want to listen to us, we're on every podcast app you can think of or that matters. And if you want to listen to us the old-fashioned way, go to Dome Patrol Podcast. Uh, Say bye-bye, donkeys. Bye, CD Deuce. Let me say-